Hi, and welcome to Empowering Blackpool, the podcast designed to help anyone overcome the problems that all of us can face at some point in our lives. I'm Lindsay from Empowerment Charity, and in this episode, I speak to Ethan Walker. Ethan is part of the Blackpool Advocacy Hub at Empowerment. His work alongside this team and his own personal experience of being autistic has led to a brand new project helping those with a neurodivergent disability get their voice heard. Ethan, welcome to Empowering Blackpool. Hi. (laughs) So uh, we're here today to talk about neurodiversity and I thought we could start by describing what neurodiversity is to people that might never have heard of that terminology before. Mm -hmm. The neurodiversity movement is, it's sort of more changing the way that society and People think about conditions such as autism, uh, ADHD, and it can also include uh, like some other mental health issues as well, like PTSD or um, bipolar. But obviously, it's totally up to sort of like the person how they identify uh, with that, because they might not think that it's sort of that they would consider themselves uh, neurodivergent, but. Like I said, it's just sort of changing the way and sort of changing the language that we use surrounding those sort of conditions. Okay, so I think quite a few people might have heard of the words autism. I wasn't aware that it was a disability till we had the conversation. I just wonder what kind of problems can be associated with having one of the neurodivergent disabilities? This term called executive dysfunction and that sort of like things to do with your motivation towards tasks or sort of organizational skills and that's sort of quite a um a weak area sometimes for neurodiverse uh, people so it could be maybe having the motivate motivation to go to a family event or even to work or uh remembering to do chores or basic hygiene uh, tasks as well so that's definitely one that's sort of mainly across the board of all uh, neurodiverse conditions but it might not be one that every person has and there's also uh, sensory issues and a lot of people think that's sort of just autism related but it actually is can be related to ADHD, dyspraxia, um, even dyslexia, because a lot of people still think dyslexia is just to do with uh, issues with reading, but it actually can affect sort of your auditory, like sensories side uh, of things as well. They have quite a few uh, things in common, the different neurotypes um, as um, uh, it's called. Okay. So how how can you tell the difference between, I know obviously you said for example, motivation to go to, say, a family event. How can somebody recognise, actually, this is more than just just not feeling very motivated today or um, personal hygiene standards might have slipped slightly or how could you tell the difference between just having those feelings in general or having the actual condition? I'd probably say, for example, it could be that you're just anxious about this specific event it could just be 
having the motivation and just feeling dead tired on that day or it could just be a general long week at work or school week for example uh whereas sort of differentiating the difference between sort of just like a every now and then lack of motivation whereas it's if it's a sort of like executive functioning issue like for a neurodiverse person that's a lot longer and happening for like either probably most of someone's life or it just happens every day because it's sort of very up and down I would probably say I mean in my own personal experience it is uh, very sort of up and down but I mean my memory is awful anyway um (laughs) most of the time so but again that can be associated with sort of anxiety and other like general mental health issues uh, rather than um, it's sort of being say like autism or dyslexia for example because there can be a lot of crossover between those uh, sort of hidden conditions so yeah it can be sometimes hard to sort of differentiate between what's what but um, I think it can sometimes be even harder if you sort of focus on like what's what because then you're just sort of trying to box yourself into you know the labels of you know what you've been diagnosed with so yeah that's sort of an an experience that i think other um, neurodiverse people that i've spoken to um have had as well okay so i was going to ask you about that actually so i know we could talk about your personal experience but i wonder about the work that you've been doing at empowerment to bring neurodiversity to sort of well, become a new project, actually. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, of course. So I started working at Empowerment uh, last May um, as an admin apprentice, uh, and I'm still uh, an admin apprentice. Um, I finished later this year. uh, And sort of a bit of a delay in me starting my coursework, and I was just sort of trying to find where related tasks to occupy myself with and I can remember actually it being uh, back uh, last August um, last year it was a sunny day and I was just thinking reflecting on sort of my own um, autism diagnosis journey and sort of just thinking what could have been better because I was uh, late diagnosed and sort of why when it was asked to be uh, identified when I was younger, why did, you know, sort of medical professionals sort of not, like, listen? Or, I mean, for myself, it wasn't an entirely great experience. I don't really remember it, but, yeah. And that can sort of lead to, you know, other issues such as anxiety because you sort of obviously don't understand yourself and you think you're a bit weird, really. But going back to sort of... Uh, starting uh, this new project at Empowerment because it had to be uh, advocacy related because I work in um, the Blackpool Advocacy Hub team and I was just thinking of sort of what can the advocacy sort of need is there an advocacy need that's not being met in Blackpool in terms of like autism and other neurodivergent conditions so I was sort of asked by uh, my managers to do like an information gathering stage. So I did focus groups uh, remotely on Zoom. And that was speaking to Blackpool residents who either had family and friends who had gone through um, the diagnostic process 
or either themselves had or were waiting to uh, be diagnosed. And it was sort of discuss and gather information about whether there is any inaccessibility to diagnostic services, as well as um, inaccessibilities to post-diagnostic support, as well as the lack of either diagnostic services or lack of post-diagnostic support. And there was sort of a clear answer to uh, to that, and that was that there was very little or none um, support, especially for adult neurodivergent adults. So there might be like a couple of uh, like support groups in the local Blackpool area, but there isn't sort of. Because I mean, obviously, it's a bit tricky because uh, say if it's. I know I keep saying autism, but it's a lifelong condition and, you know, no like medication or therapy can sort of obviously do uh, sort of lessen some of the like negatives um, of autism. But I don't like to speak of autism as such a negative thing because I do think it, you know, is a real positive thing as well. Um, And that's sort of following the neurodiversity uh, sort of movement, like I was mentioning before, about changing the way we think about um, those conditions. Um, But getting back to um, discussing the project uh, that I'd started, yeah, there was definitely a clear answer in uh, that there was no support for adults and there was very little support for children and that all diagnostic services uh, children's and adults were very sort of tick box and that again was also an inaccessibility to a a service because obviously everyone is different and if professionals are sort of going to use a tick box sort of a way of trying to assess somebody it's obviously not always gonna they're not always gonna end up being diagnosed with a condition that they perhaps might have Is that quite a common thread that you found? So I know obviously this misdiagnosis, we've spoke about this before, haven't we? I just wondered if there was anything else that was quite a common issue that people are facing in our town or is it, you know, across the country or what what have people been saying in Blackpool? In Blackpool, I would probably say those issues that I just spoke of are probably more probably UK-wide as well. But in terms of like Blackpool, I mean, coming from my own experience, I was referred to the uh, paediatricians um, when I was about 11 uh, for an autism assessment. Um, and my parents and uh, some, you know, of my members of my family sort of had, you know, a lot of sort of ed- evidence to suggest that I was autistic. Um, you know, a lot of stuff to do when I was like, you know, really young when I was a toddler and sort of not speaking until I was just joining primary school and sort of always hardly, you know, having any friends, for example, and not wanting to socialise and, you know, stuff like that, sort of like obvious ways that I was displaying that I was autistic. And that was a lot of, and it is still, um, a lot of parents and young people's um, situations to run with the children and young people's diagnostic uh, service for autism and I'm not, I'm not even sure if I, I think they do an ADHD children's one and then there's obviously children's mental health 
services, which obviously mental health services across the board are sort of, you know, underfunded as well. And it sort of seems the same for autism and sort of developmental condition diagnostic services as well. So yeah, and the, the same with adults, but um, in Blackpool, from the information that was gathered, it was more just about, again, having to wait, you know, like wait long waiting lists again, unfortunately. Whereas the service uh, for adults, uh, the autism service in Blackpool is a, a lot better, I think, uh, for adults. But going back to the project, uh, which is called uh, the Panda Project, actually, and that was sort of <laughs> coming from uh, one of my younger siblings who uh, is os- obsessed with uh, pandas and they are also neurodiverse as well. So I just thought it was quite a nice name to sort of call it. And it stands for um, people advocating against neurodivergent inaccessibility and uh, discrimination. So after the information gathering stage uh, for Panda, I sort of showed it to like my managers and, you know, I had, you know, quite good evidence that there was an unmet advocacy need. And so then it was sort of spreading the word about Panda. So I remember contacting different, you know, organizations and sort of just saying, oh, you know, we've got a new uh, project that's going to be starting soon. That's going to be supporting uh, adults who are waiting to be assessed for a neurodiverse condition because we found that there's quite a big unmet need and that they're not being listened to um that can affect sort of their mental health them not understanding themselves yeah so that that was definitely a big uh, factor uh, going back to the information gathering stage that uh, not being diagnosed um affects uh, affected adults at mental health as well because they didn't know that they had dyslexia for example or dyspraxia it just sort of went unnoticed as a kid uh, as I'm just being lazy or naughty it's just really sad that someone has to grow up with thinking that they're a naughty or you know silly or labeled a stupid like person when it's probably the complete opposite really and then sort of after spreading the word of this new project internally we were it was just sort of more looking at making a referral form and adding it onto our uh, advocacy hub uh, website uh, so that professionals uh, and uh, people could self-refer into the uh, advocacy service and yeah that's sort of where we're up to at the moment Um, and we've you know had quite a few people sort of been making referrals to the service um, and it's, it's going pretty well at the moment because obviously where empowerment evolves and changes over time anyway, and, you know, we do our best to meet the needs of the people of Blackpool. There has been a lot of sort of want from um, different professionals I've been in touch with for the Panda service to uh, support children in the uh, children's diagnostic services. So again, that would sort of maybe something that we could look at doing in the future as the project grows. But it is a, a volunteer-led project, so it is obviously sort of more gathering people who are uh, interested in uh, supporting people by advocating uh, for them during uh, assessments and uh, diagnostic meetings. 
but the project itself as well holds a, a support group which is currently being held at the empowerment base um, and they're on a Thursday uh, Thursday afternoon and it's sort of obviously to discuss or just have generally have like a brewing chat with like-minded people but also to sort of think about what other uh, things we could do at the group like at the last one uh, that we had we were discussing about um doing like board games or putting films on just sort of obviously you know meet it to people's interests um and it not just sort of being a a place you know that gets a bit repetitive um to go to because you know we obviously want it to be people to come and feel that happy after uh when they leave and you know find it quite a helpful and useful environment where people just get each other so it sounds like panda is well it sounds like a very nice project uh with a na- nice name and i imagine a panda's face is you know like a cute thing but then at the heart of this you've got a very serious subject and actually you're tackling quite a complex issue within you know system changes within how people access services and just just talking to people with those lived experiences is is obviously very important and and how empowerment do empower people i wonder with the work going forward what would you like to see change within the advocacy world i guess for those people to advocate on, on their behalves I have been um, somewhat involved uh, with sort of changing the adult diagnostic pathway for the adult autism diagnosis service in Blackpool, uh, which uh, a colleague of mine had very kindly uh, asked me to uh, participate in. So I'm really glad that was sort of obviously, even if it's, you know, a small change or in Blackpool, you know, we're already starting to sort of change that already and i think that service is looking at different areas as well that they can improve in so that's really good Uh, but in terms of sort of what it would be good to see changed is i mean there's currently for adults in blackpool in the local nhs the only cover diagnosis is for adhd uh autism and then the obviously do all sort of mental health related uh, conditions as well or issues um and i'm not sure if they cover it but they also do dyspraxia as well i think whereas obviously those sort of you know four things that i just mentioned then there's a ton more you know that fall under the neurodiversity umbrella and they don't you know do any sort of diagnostic service and i think a lot of people tend to have to pay privately so i think perhaps maybe bringing more awareness but more importantly acceptance of sort of the issues of people not being able to even access the diagnosis as well and obviously changing people's perception of neurodivergent people as well for example um some people might still use uh, high function and low function labels uh, for autism, for example, but that they're quite, you know, uh, harmful sort of ways to sort of describe autism because autism isn't a linear line. It's sort of more of a sort of like a pie chart looking thing, which is unique to each autistic individual. 
And that goes back to the saying of that once you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. And that sort of goes the same for mental health, probably, and as well, you know, ADHD and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's sort of just making the changes in the way the terminology we use and the, the way we think about it. Because then if we think something is like that, then, you know, it's not going to necessarily be easy to sort of, you know, unthink that. And it sort of gives a, a false perception of what neurodiversity is, um, which can lead to, you know, in it further inaccessibilities to uh, services and support because people might just go, oh, that person's not struggling a lot. So why do they need, you know, this, this therapy service or why do they need, you know, this medication? But if you have that drilled into your head, then this is what autism, you know, supposedly looks like, or this is what this calculus supposedly looks like. It's obviously going to be a further inaccessibility for uh, that person. So I definitely think that that would be excellent to see sort of that change because obviously if we could, it would, you know, be a, a whole sort of just department that diagnoses all neurodivergent conditions. But obviously, because of funding and the way things, the health system sort of works, that probably, unfortunately, isn't likely to happen. So perhaps, you know, just doing the best that we can and you never know, we could perhaps one day work up towards that. And, you know, it all starts somewhere to bring about, you know, positive change for neurodiverse people in Blackpool. Absolutely. So I think with a lot of uh, conversations that we've had, we know that change is possible. And so if somebody is listening that has a neurodivergent disability, what would you recommend they do? I would recommend that they know that you are not less because you're neurodiverse and all your experiences are as valid as much as everyone else. You have your own unique set of challenges, but most importantly, your own unique set of positives as well, even if, you know, you can't necessarily see it. And I would just say to not be too hard on yourself, really, because a lot of our neurodiverse people are. And can anybody come on the Thursday for the Panda Project Social? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't ha- you don't have to be diagnosed. You don't even have to be neurodivergent. You could know someone who's neurodivergent um, or sort of just want to get uh, more insight into the the project. I think uh, just sort of like obviously for um, COVID reasons, um, we tend to uh, have people ring the office or email us just to say that they're going to be popping in and our contact details are on the uh, website black podcast hub website as well fantastic ethan thank you so much for talking with empowering blackpool thank you thanks for listening if you found empowering blackpool useful please give us a rating and leave us a review in your podcast app for more information about the topics discussed in this episode go to empowermentcharity.org.uk or call 0300 32 32 100.